Health Plans, your Medicare plans, insurance solutions, and resource agency. We have a variety of plans and products that fit your needs, benefit requirements, and budget. With many low or no-cost premium plans, zero co-pays, and much more. Our licensed benefits advisor's priority is your health and well-being. Call us today and book your no-obligation consultation. 1-929-367-5269. Folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel. iHealth Radio with your host, Hurricane Age. New day, new show, new topic, an awesome guest, uh, and an interesting discussion today. Uh, with me, I have Rachel Oz, and then she really, you know, toes and all. You know, you know, we, we will be on with, with with her with us today because her spin on things is is unique, and she uses artistry, and uh, she's an author. She's also a psychologist, and uh, we're gonna talk about all those angles together, mashed up, you know, with her today. So, Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, yeah, listen, I have. I'm excited. We we have you, and we gotta you know maximize this this hour with you. So, so first things first, Rachel. Uh, let's talk about your path. I mean, you are a psychologist, I guess, by work, by trade, yeah. but you do all of the above. You also, uh, I guess, a, a colorful dress code kind of uh, personality or ambassador, and we talk about that. Uh, you're also a play, um, an art playgroundist, and so we'd like to define what that is. So yeah. let's take us through your journey and how you know how you went to psychology, and and then you know what you do with that. I mean, is that just standard psychology, you know, work therapy and things, and or you know uh, anything that you utilize, you know, for people to help them out. And again, our purpose is really to educate our people, you know, how to maybe. You know, apply some of the stuff that you do whether it's color or dress you know and all the stuff that you do so so mm -hmm. first things first who is rachel who is rachel well you know the clues as to who i was were all there when i was little and so as a little girl um, i loved listening to my friends and being really present right like the little psychologist and when I was little, I loved writing poetry and drawing, and I enjoyed my colorful clothing. You know, so who is Rachel began as a little girl who was so brilliant. She knew who she was, as we do when we're little. And so growing up for me has in some ways been about um, growing younger and into that wisdom of being free to really be myself. Powerful stuff. And, and, yeah. and, you know, I think, I think we can just pause on that one because what you're stating right now is I think for audiences and, or, you know, whether you're, you're their parents or they're younger folks, you know, this is something that I think we should all kind of take a minute because yeah. uh, at an early age, you know, personalities are developed and, uh, you know, everybody kind of sees themselves where they are and how they are. And of course things yeah. do change over time, but, but you, you've used that. I mean, your personality just kind of kept on that same, you know, trait and, and you almost, uh, 
enjoyed who you were and you just expanded on that. <laughs> I did more than almost. I did enjoy who I was. Uh, and you still do, yes, right? Yes, <laughs> I do. Yes. Well, but that's powerful, right? You know, yeah, you know yeah. we want people to actually feel good in their skin and, and just love yeah. who they are and just that's work it. towards, you know, being who they are throughout life. And regardless of what people think. And it, I have to say, it's so funny. I just posted mm -hmm. an actual, uh, you know, one of those, I do these little, I guess, memes or whatever you want to call them or quotes. And it was about that, like, you know, that believe in yourself, you know, you are unique, special, you're, you're worthy. And just no matter what anyone else say, something of that nature, I mean, it was a big yeah. one, but, but it's like, it, it's about embracing who you are and, yeah. and enjoying who you are and, and taking that to on the road. And I think you've done that. So, so, so that was your early on days. And then you took that to the next stage. So what drove you to psychiatry or to psychology? Yeah. So I think that um, I, I continued to be told as I started to grow into a teenager and, and forward, Rachel, you're such a good listener or people confiding in me. And it just felt like a very natural role. And then when I started taking psychology classes in high school and college, it just was my favorite subject. I did well in it, it felt natural. So it just felt like eventually I want to get paid for who I am, you know? <laughs> um, a lot of people would want to have that, right? It's unfortunate right. it's not how we all operate. You no, know, we want different things. Yeah. 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 You did good. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is a piece about listening to your life and really trusting where is my joy? Where does my heart open? You know, um, what makes me feel alive? And I think those are very profound clues. Um, to a sense of calling. And I don't mean for this to sound so dramatic, like everyone's path needs to sound um, like there's thunderbolts coming from the sky. But I do think it's lovely if it connects somehow to your heart and the way you're made, however that gets expressed authentically. You know, as I'm listening to you, right, and and, and yeah. I was reading something about you that you love to listen to people, <laughs> yeah. you know, and 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 their beautiful lives and stories and things like that. Yeah. And you just kind of related back to when you were much younger, and that yeah. was something that was was like your natural state. And then you took it to the college level, and then you just like this is this is it. I'm I'm enjoying what I do, and yeah. so so that leads me to this question. You know, where do we go wrong? The majority of us somehow we don't wind up where we really are the best you know in within ourselves we actually sometimes we are forced to take routes and jobs and whatever career paths that may be not really who our personality is sometimes people do adjust sometimes they don't and it does impact our psyche right it does impact on how we operate in life so in your expertise you know and and your personality because this is something you've you've actually experienced yeah. yourself yeah. What would you tell audiences about that particular piece and how can we potentially yeah. maybe change that trend from early on? Yes. Well, I think that um, we can all get off course when um, I think that we're talking right now about profession, right? Yes. But I think that this is all about being who we are and profession is one of the expressions of who we are, not the only expression. So I think that it even comes down to 
the smaller, ordinary, yet profound things? Do I remember who I am when I prepare food and what feels good in my body? Do, do I remember who I am with the clothing I select? And does it really bring me joy? Does it feel comfortable on my body? Um, do I remember who I am when I select relationships? Do my relationships honor me? And can I honor them? Like, is there a mutual respect of one another's boundaries and a celebration of who we each are? Do I remember myself with how I put a room together, um, with what I need for my sleep, with how I need to care for my very life? And I think that while, because I'm saying all those things, um, I think it directly relates to vocation that it's the same thing as all those other things. Am I remembering who I am? Am I listening to who I am? And it, again, it doesn't have to be a big dramatic thing like I'm going to become an astronaut, although maybe you are, but maybe it's, I love to serve people. And am I lined up with that in some way or et cetera, et cetera, right? Or even my creative life has gone underground since I was little. And how can I unearth that again? And maybe it won't be in a full-blown profession or maybe it will, but how would I just begin to have it expressed in me, even in whispers again, you know, um, even if it's in my baking or cooking or so many different ways. So I think it's about, um, have I lost track of me? You know, Rachel, I, I, I'm listening to you, but but what you've done there, it, it's a powerful, it's almost a technique that we all have to apply, which is asking those questions. I mean, you've asked so many questions about yourself, like, am I, do I, and so on and so forth. Right. And, and I don't think that we do that exercise, you know, as, as individuals and right. let alone when we're younger, it, right. it's like we, and that's one part. The other part is that sometimes we just succumb to, to all the pressures, whether it's parents and society and everybody's yeah. guiding us to like, well, we want to do this. We want you to do this. Right. And society wants you to do certain things. And maybe if you do this, you're crazy. Or maybe if you do that, it's not. And so we don't even ask the questions like, who am I type of thing and what works for me? We're just like, right. okay, it's either what's going to make the money for me because yes. that's kind of like, usually that's the tendency. We all want, yeah. you know, the, the, the rapid way, <laughs> express way to actually make money. And yeah. I, I, listen, we all are guilty. Well, I would say personally, I-, I Oh, I, I it's real. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and society puts it in years. Like it would be ideal to just live the life you always wanted or like you dreamt yeah. of from day one but i don't think we have the capability but there are ways based on what you're saying if we were to actually just reset ourselves at any point of our lives that one and or if we're early on as a younger generation or even at an early or parents can maybe apply this with their children listen i can say even we my kids you know i might have influenced some of the stuff although i've learned not to do that and they are doing what they want at this point and yeah. they're following their own you know i guess uh 
uh, vocational stuff. And so I, I learned that part, but I am also learning that same concept. Like, where do I want to be? And now, for example, I'm doing the stuff I love. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've been doing the things I love, but, but I'm getting even more into it, but that's something that, you know, you have to like really almost stumble into or like, let's like get into it, you know, and distractions happen. So, so in your work, mm -hmm. uh, when you have someone like, you know, they're in front of you and they just want to be in that position, how do you work with them? How do you get them to actually really revamp themselves and reset themselves? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm going to start with an obvious thing to say, which is it depends on what their story is about where I begin. Mm -hmm. Because the story might be, well, um, I never had the mirror in front of me in the form of parents or teachers or people who believed in me. And so I came to not believe in me either, or think that I could achieve much, or maybe was told, you're never going to come down in nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And whether that's direct people in their life or society or racism or all kinds of things. And so depending on where that's coming from, I think that's where we begin. And really working on, here's, here's the thing, hurricane is that I really have experienced this with myself, with other people over the years, that it's so important to find what are the actual true messages about me? What are the true messages about my worth and about what's possible for me? Um, because if someone's caught up in I'm not worth it or I don't get to have those things or you know things like that, um, whenever we believe something that's actually not true about us, we're going to feel disturbed inside. So if I believe I'm not worth much and I'm never going to become much, that's going to feel disturbing inside. But if I can hone in on what's really true, like, oh my gosh, I have a, this miracle. I have a heart in the middle of my chest that beats and I know the tenderness I hold inside and I know the kindness I have when conditions are just so and I get safe and I can let that fly and I know what lights me up etc cetera, etc cetera, right if I can hone in on stuff that's true about me I'm going to feel peaceful and good. So what I like to do is to try to bust through some of the mistruths that people have come to believe about themselves and the, the evidence that it's not true if you feel disturbed by it. So I like to just sort of address what is going to make this person feel um, safe and secure and like they're resting on a foundation of what's actually true about them. And what's going to um, promote actually being able to begin listening then to what actually brings me joy, what actually makes me feel more alive and starting to look for that even in um, the small cl clues in your everyday life. You know, that's where I would begin. But, you know, this is like a whole slumber party of a conversation. <laughs> so 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 now that sounds like self-discovery or self-talk you know at yeah. first, right that, yeah. that's something it's an exercise that someone has to 
first of all, be reminded that they can do and, and, right. and, and be willing to do because sometimes we might not want to ask the questions because we're just so caught up. And if we yeah. think that if we did, we might have to stop what we're doing and, and change gears. And sometimes yeah. we just don't think that's the correct way to do it. And yeah. And so despite that, we just continue doing the wrong stuff and, and really not being ourselves. And I think that's, that that's a big challenge because I think a lot of us are probably in that category where we just are going, 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 but we're not really finding who we truly are and working towards like enjoying our lives to the fullest. Because again, we are just doing things because we are told or because it's just happening to be the easy way to make the money or whatever path right. that we choose. Right. So, so, so Rachel, yeah. uh, now let's talk about your, uh, you definitely are doing the listening uh, as uh, in the work and you can help people, but now your other stuff that you do, like the, the, your colors and, and, and being an ambassador, how does that, what is that exactly? And how does that work? What is an ambassador? No, no, ambassador oh. I get, but but like you know, oh. you you're you have this unique thing about the color codes, you know, the dress oh. code and stuff, and you're you're an ambassador of such, I guess, a trend. So what is that explain to us what that is and if you can just tell us a little back background on that? Yes. Well, I generally do love wearing things that are colorful, that you know, it it's again, it's for me, it's all about joy. And it's all about vibrancy and being myself. So when I was little, I reached for all kinds of things like that. Two different colored patterned socks. You know, they weren't the same socks. Um, you know, crocheted granny squares, vest, you know, different colors, flowers, you know, hippie, 70s funky flowers on my pants, you know, blah, 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 all kinds of things in my hair, you know, and so and then, you know, I moderated that in early in my career as a psychologist, because I was trying to look professional. Um, and then I think that as I settled into the profession a bit, um, there was something inside that started rising up again, you know, like the way in the fall, the wind can sort of swirl the leaves on the ground and they just go like in a little circle. I think that that was happening in my heart and soul. Like it's never said that before until right now, but there it is. <laughs> and, and I think something started rising back up again of remember yourself. And um, a couple little things began happening. Like I remember being in a department store looking for a new pair of eyeglass frames. And the one I was, the store I was in just had like a small little rectangular mirror that I could look in as I was trying the glasses, looking really close into the tiny mirror. And there was um, hurricane, there was a green and purple swirly pair of eyeglass frames that I put on and I couldn't stop giggling softly into the mirror. <laughs> and then I'd take them off and then I'd put on different glasses that were seeming more reasonable on my face and seemed to fit well. Okay, those would be good. And then I'd go back to the other pair and giggle again. And I decided like, I'm not going to argue with my joy. And I got the green and purple swirly glasses. And then um, I also had like a quote, reasonable black paper count weekly calendar to schedule my clients, you know, in and that they would see, you know, and so I'd take that out, schedule the next therapy session. And I thought that was professional. And it would have been fine if it actually brought me joy, but it really didn't. 
So there was a really colorful, fun weekly calendar um, that I had found in the store. And I thought, can I get that for my professional life? I don't know if it looks very professional. What will my clients think? You know, but then I thought, uh, it makes me so happy. I just have to do it. And um, it just a snowball began that I couldn't stop and I didn't want to stop. And suddenly my whole clothing um, just, and I, you know, when I put my clothing together, I'm not fully thinking what matches. I'm just like, if my necklace brings me joy, if my kimono brings me joy, my sweater brings me joy, blah, 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 my leggings, then it's the joy that's going to match, you know? And so I just, I don't know. I, I, I hear colors as almost alive and um, like my friends, almost like they're my friends and they invite me into my fuller life. Um, so I don't know. And there, it's also an exercise in, do I like this? Does it bring me joy? Does it feel like me? Um, and now I've done it so many times that I just hardly think of it. And I'm not self-conscious every now and then in public, I'll catch someone looking at me or someone will say something, you know, but I'm not even, it's just normal now. And also I want my clothes to be really comfortable, but also the colors that come through my pen when I create my books, they're fully illustrated. I remember in grade school, being so sad that picture books, when we got to chapter books, lost their photos or pictures. I remember being really sad about that. So all of my books, I have four of them now, they're all full color, full of my illustrations um, for adults. So <laughs> I don't know, it just color comes with me. Well, I, I, I love that because you're talked about whatever is bringing you joy you you apply and yeah. regardless of what you yes. know, the society will think and yeah you know that's the other thing like we all have this this kind of pressure or like the status quo that everybody has you know set for us and we're just like you know that's the routine we're supposed to look a certain way i mean think about corporate right everybody needs oh, to dress yeah. a certain way yeah. uh, that, that trend has been changing over the years with like the the actual tech you know companies and stuff but still, you know, there is some of that. And I get it. it's industry. There's more, and you know, to each his own. I mean, it's the style. It's, you know, if you want to go that route, it's fine. But, yeah. but you you bring a different angle. I mean, you mentioned hippies, and I, I can just imagine in the 70s, everybody looked, you know, very flourish and, and, yeah. and a multicolor. But it was it was kind of like, you know, that's the way it is. And and, yeah. uh, and, and and the funny part is that if you're happy, you can deliver more. Yes. If you have yes. joy, you can do more. Oh, uh, my gosh. And, yes. and it's contagious. It delivers to others it like connects with others but if you're really miserable and you just like you know i you know i my first gig was actually in disney so everything we had was about costumes i mean i had a costume on and every job that i did whether i my regular role or my overtime roles i used to work different you know shifts and every place you go you go to wardrobe and, and, and switch back to whatever that theme park is and and you know it was just some of the stuff was very colorful some of it was very funny and people kind of like enjoy that but but again it all takes confidence self-confidence is key like first of all you have to be cool about it and feel good about yourself mm -hmm. and not worry about what people think 
Yeah. One of the problems we have is that we're always are thinking like what everybody is thinking. Mm. You know, you're, you're worried more about what people are going to think than what you're thinking about yourself and how you feel right. within your your own dress code. I, I, I can relate to it to a degree because I, I was always a little bit of a uh, a rebel when it comes to things like I had my own dress code. Like even to that, I mean, I, I it's a joke. I, I, I wear four, I like my two glasses up front and the back. So, so I, and I switch them. So some like for my Blu-rays, you know, when I do work and then the other ones are my, my sunglasses. And some people make fun of me, like, why is your glasses always in the back of your head? Like, I like to see things in 4D. I mean, <laughs> you know, you got to, but that's my signature. And I don't, I, I don't care what people think, you know, yeah. maybe I, I wear my watch on the right and never wear on the left. Most of the people wear on the left. I mean, there's certain, mm -hmm. certain things. I have a certain way of doing things and that's my thing, right? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think people have to have their own signature in everything they do. Yeah. And they should be happy about it. And regardless of what other people may think. Right. And, that, and that's like, you know, sometimes people, well, you should dress your age. What is that? Exactly. What is that? <laughs> you know, yeah. I dress the way I feel, you know, it makes me feel comfortable. If I yeah. dress as a teenager, that's cool. Maybe I'll buy the junior side. Who cares? <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> you know, but, exactly. But, but that's different. So, so for our audiences, I think this is a big part of what we'd like to send them is that, you know, live a colorful life, live a happy life, joyful life, because in order for you to, and, and, I think you're a psychologist, you know this, you know, because if your mind is happy and it's working and you're going to engage and going to be better at everything you do, yeah. if you're really just putting yourself down every day because you're just trying to conform to some other, you know, rules and regulations, it's not going to be you. And therefore you're like, that's what people get miserable at work, for example. And that's the standard thing. You're not happy. You're doing stuff that is completely against you, but you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Uh, and maybe good reasons. I mean, providing for you and your family could be a good reason, but you know, you can do it some other way, but we're just not sure about what that is. And because we haven't discovered ourselves well enough. Yeah. And I think that's a challenge. Yeah. So, so, and I love what you said. You can walk, you know, you're not, you don't care. You don't even think about it. And maybe someone, somebody kind of looks at you the wrong way or whatever. They look at you like, what's up? You're good. And you said it, yeah. it's not about the colors don't have to match necessarily. Yeah. You know, like, so that's one, like in my case, I, I match everything and, and it's not, yeah. not like, like, for example, like everything has to, has to be the same exact feel and look for me, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, sorry about that. That's okay. Um, so that's kind of like a, a weird thing, but so everybody's kind of unique about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it makes your personality your way. As long as it makes you feel good and yes. happy, you should yeah. adhere to it. You should be happy about it. That's right. Now, now yeah. Rachel, you said something about, books and i know you yeah. have a few so you, you mentioned four and uh so let's talk about your books and the content of your books and the audiences for your books okay great great well all four of them um are, like i said are colorful illustrated by me and they're all they all fall into the genre of self-help or personal transformation personal growth and um and I really mean for them to just love people up, to be reminded of their worth, to think about their worth and their magnificence in new ways, um, to really um, in a both delightful way, but deep way, start to consider who they are and leading them through some maybe new ways to think about who they are, like some of our conversation today, you know, leading them through listening to their life. My very first book was called All I Did Was Listen. Nice. And that book um, 
the first chapter is messiness inside and the last chapter is I am who I am who I am. But the sense of leading the reader through considering their wonderful messiness, because we all have messiness. Like when we wake up from dreaming and we have soft lines on our skin, maybe from the pillow and our hair might be messy and we may have some kind of pajama or not. And we're waking up fresh from dreams where, where we're just so honest about what's going on with us. And these are our precious selves in that space. And that book leads you all the way to I am who I am who I am, this embrace of who you are. But that particular book, the page spreads include anonymous client quotes from my therapy office that where people have just over the years taken my breath away by their insights and things they have said. Um, and sometimes, and maybe even especially out of their suffering and pain, you know, the wisdom that can come. And so I, in that book, couple each page spread with an anonymous client quote and my written reflection that's kind of prosy, sort of just soft reflections, soft meaning in my tone, just very loving for the reader, for them to think about themselves. And then my colorful illustrations. So that's my very first one. Um, and all my books sort of run through those kind of themes. My newest one is called The Relationship Book. And this one I felt moved to um, create during the first two years of the pandemic when it was so clear how much our relationships mean to us, the way we became more isolated, you know, and some people who were single having to be super isolated who had lived by themselves and worked, you know, were able thankfully to still work with their computers. But um, I know for some of those people, they got pets for the first time, fostered a dog. I mean, we need connection mm. and we found our way back to one another as human beings. We, uh, whether it was, Hey, um, let's get on the phone and maybe take a walk outside together. Even if you're across the street from me, we'll walk. Mm -hmm. um, or just all the different ways, you know, with technology that we were Zooming a lot more and just <laughs> yeah. doing things to find each other. So it was during that time that I felt really moved to create a book uh, that touched on relationships and really um, out of that time. So this book, the relationship book, um, starts with the chapter about uh, relationship with yourself, and then covers different ones, relationship with food, with clothing, <laughs> with animals, with people, with um, community, and with divinity. And so, um, but again, full color and really loving up the reader as they're considering these different relationships and so that they're feeling nurtured as they're really thinking about each one of those arenas in their lives. Now, now this last book, uh, Rachel, is, yeah. is just released, right? It's November, yeah. this November? Yes. So, just well, really. congratulations, and thank uh, you. Know, you. I, I think we can never have, uh, you know, uh, less of those books. We want more of those books because I think we all can use some advice one way or the other. And uh, mm -hmm. 
and then you're right in in the pandemic uh it was just tr- very very uh difficult for a lot of people and and depending yeah. where you were in what part of the state in what state things yeah. were very different depends on on the policy and regulations and and the lockdown format that you know people received and by the way it's not just here i mean worldwide some places they were yeah. even more strict and uh, mm. super isolated you can even go out in your i mean I I'm, I was you know I'm originally from Morocco and in there during the pan- the pandemic you could not walk out to your door actually if you get caught at the door they actually arrest you so you can Oh wow. But when they had the, a, a curfew it meant a curfew you can't even walk out do anything you can't even hang out you know outside. So so it was you know that that kind of limit so you think that the people had severe problems and trauma I would say just from, I mean, I mean, technically, we use isolation as a punishment or disciplinary, you know, like solitary confinement. We almost right? had that for someone yeah. who's single, who has no yeah. one living in an apartment, cannot yeah. even talk to the neighbors. Yeah. Maybe is not tech savvy. Forget it. I mean, that's that. Right. that was tough. So, so yeah. I, I do appreciate the, the work that you've done here, and I think mm. a lot of our folks, you know, should should potentially, you know, seek and 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 check out the book because I think that's going to, you know, hopefully adjust some of our thinking and myths and, and maybe listen, I do not want to wish this. I don't hope, you know, for anything bad to happen, but after what happened in the pandemic, uh, you, you cannot dismiss a potential anything. Right. And so, because, yeah. because we all think they're never going to happen and it did happen. So God mm. forbid it happens what you do. So maybe we mm. need to be well prepared. And a lot of people sometimes are always ready and have their, their bags. They have their plans. They have their, mm. their food, whatever, but it, True. emotionally can be yeah. worse than actually physically. You can prepare physically, but emotionally is a whole different story. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, so, so Rachel, I want to ask you a question. Like you, you said, the first book was about listening. Yeah. You know, so I want to ask, like, uh, how does it feel when you just listen to people? <laughs> yeah. How does it feel? Um, you know, it's interesting because I think to truly listen, we, it's, it's a continual work to empty our own voices some, somewhat, not completely, but you know how all the things can bubble up when you're listening, like, wait a minute, what am I going to eat for dinner tonight? Or wait a minute, I want to say this next in the conversation, or wait a minute, what time is it? Or, you know, all the flurry of thoughts that go through our head, it's like trying to meditate, you know, and just empty my own thoughts. And it's hard. And then, you know, as I'm just meditating, then suddenly other thoughts go through my head, right? Like, oh my gosh, I forgot to call so-and-so back or whatever, you know, just all the sudden thoughts that go through. And then it's like, okay, I'm just going to notice that, let that kind of go through. And I think that listening to other people is really similar. That, do you know what I'm saying? It's a discipline to keep bringing myself back to center to really hear what's coming forward. Well, it, it is powerful because I mean, I think most of us are typically talking and not listening. <laughs> you know, I think that that is, I think, uh, a difficult thing for a lot of us because we just yeah. tend to talk. I mean, it's funny. I, I have been in sales for a long time and uh, it, it is always known that we are talkative. And, you know, I mean, here, here I am I'm doing talk shows, right? Right. So, but thank so, goodness. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but, but the funny part is that like yeah. in sales, 
you know, listening is more than talking. And most people don't see that, you know, aspect of it when you're actually talking with customers. You want to grab, you know, and absorb everything. You ask the right questions and you listen and you hear exactly what they say and, and absorb it and be able to actually use that in, 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 uh, in a good way. And so, so but, but the majority of folks tend to just want to talk. And and people talk over each other from one more stuff. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to actually even have a conversation. You you go anywhere like everybody's talking to each other at the same time. It's like hard to to. But nobody like you don't see people just just watching and listening mm-hmm, and nodding and, and just absorbing it. And 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 that's an art or a skill. So so now you do that. I mean, not you're a psychologist. That's what you do. You listen to people. Mm-hmm. But but on the flip side of that, right? You are listening to a lot of people's issues, problems concerns, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. dilemmas. How does that impact you? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, here's part of it. I think the truth is I'm also listening to their beauty. I love it. And so, you know, it's like, I'm going to say the extreme. So have you ever been at a party? I think the answer is going to be yes. It could be a partying, a gathering, a gathering, whatever, where, you're stuck for a few minutes in a conversation that you're so disinterested in. It's very surfacey and empty. Um, uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> those affect me. Now, get, if I get into that kind of conversation, that's tough for me. But give me a real conversation any day. And so with my clients, which... I, you know, I don't know. I also just tend to work with tons of gorgeous people. It's, and I just think that's true. I don't know how I won the lottery, but I do. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how, sometimes I have to stop myself from saying, oh my gosh, you're so wonderful. Oh my gosh. Did you just hear what you just said? That's like, like a poem. Oh my God. Like, so I, I think that's how I do this for so long um, is that I really am moved by people's beauty and their real stories. So that's really the truth of it. And when people cry, I don't know if there's also a practice of having done this for so many years. I think about also um, this term of compassionate distance mm. that I really recognize that their journey is their own so that as they're sharing their suffering I can even sometimes feel teary in my eye and really truly feel for them but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that's their story and not mine Um, and so it doesn't super seep into me and I know that my job is just to be present to them. Now, certainly after a super full day, um, if I see a lot of people, I'm tired, mm-hmm. you know, so there's that, but it's not the kind of drained that I would feel from an empty conversation. Uh, well, listen, I, I, I can't agree with you because when it's engaging, okay. you know, you really, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, it gets you going, but, yeah. but, but so. What I, I love what, what you're saying is that you see the beauty in people. I do. You, you listen to that. And, and yeah. I know everybody's beautiful. Uh, you know, yes. People think whatever they want. I think everybody is special, unique, beautiful, and worthy. And doesn't matter what scale, because people have their own scales and they're, they're, all, they're all arbitrary. So people make their scales based on multiple reasons. Yeah. And you could be 
the best in your scale doesn't matter what scale that is but you are and and i think when you apply you know that 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 whole ideology where you actually seek that beauty in somebody you will find the beauty because i think to your point everybody has it yeah. but i don't think everybody seeks that or knows <laughs> well, it or knows where well, your friends your family sometimes may not even know yeah that, that's the sad part you know right. so 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 it, it is unique that that you are able to do that and and deliver the right you know i guess yeah. uh, outcome from these discussions yeah. uh, and that that's powerful and i think even for our audiences maybe it's something that we should start thinking about like when you talk to someone you know don't worry about the fluff see who they truly are within right and that right. can you could from a good conversation yeah. discover that person yeah and, and without judgment i think that's the other part we right. all go in judging people before we even talk to them right <laughs> yeah like if you know so for example in meeting someone new what if you led with questions like i would love to learn what matters to you mm. and can you tell me things about what you really love like what if we led with questions like that what would we find out about people well, you're right, but unfortunately, we all lead with everything about us, not everything right. about you. Because when two people meet, it's all about, you know, me, 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 and it's yeah. never about you, you, you. And that's, you know, now on the flip side, it will sound like an interview, but but really, that's actually a good thing. If I know more about you, I can actually probably meet you better, right? Yeah. And and be a better companion, better, you know, a, yeah. a friend, whatever the case yes, may be. Yes, that's uh, right. And you know, people... Deep down, most need and long to be seen and to be heard. And so if you can give that gift to who's in front of you, then they're going to win the lottery. Uh, again, imagine if we have that, <laughs> you know, that that's going to be a whole new world, right? But, but I, you know, we're not there yet, but one, one person at a time, one person at a time. Uh, yeah. So, so, so. So thank you, Rachel, for that. So now the next question is, I know I mentioned art playgrounders. So so <laughs> can you just clarify what that is? Sure. I think I have an idea, but I think just... Sure, sure. So it's a made-up term for me. And it's because when I make art, it feels like um, I'm young again and it's recess and I'm on the playground uh, with my friends and we're on the swings and the wind is in my hair and I'm free. So it just felt like the most accurate term to me to call myself an art playgroundist. I think we should all do that. <laughs> you know, I think if we find that, listen, there's, we always say we all have an inner child, right? And we always have that yeah. personality and yeah. sometimes we lose it in, in life, but right. Uh, right. Uh, again, talk about Disney, right? Uh, I, I no. usually, it brings you back to like, you know, to your inner child. That's the call, the whole magic behind it, right? You doesn't matter yeah. what age you are, you walk in there, you become a child again. And mm -hmm. I think we should do that outside of Disney too. <laughs> right. Like our magic kingdom inside. That's right. We'll, we'll carry yeah. with us, right? Yes. So, so that, that, that would be powerful. But I think, again, nice that you do this, these shows and, and, and these discussions, because I think we can at least bring the concept to people. And I think everybody watching and listening right now can just pick that up. It's like maybe a spark, like maybe you, you could do this. And I think everybody can. It's just a matter of like, be aware that we can do it and then just find a way to do it. And I think we can all do it. So so maybe we can help some people today wake up and say like, you know what, I'm going to just be me and then take my little child back and, and enjoy myself, you know, at times. And as 
doesn't matter what level I am financially, it doesn't what level I am, you know, in, in society, I can still be me. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's an important piece because if you're doing that and you're always going to be happier and if you're happy, everybody around you is going to be happy because that is all, that's the other thing, the vibe, the energy is going to drive. And then your performance, your just whatever you do is going to be much better. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It ends up being a gift to everybody. Right. Because if you, it's that idea of like, man, shine your light, let it out, let yourself see it. And uh, you're just going to make the room brighter for everybody. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, now I know Rachel, we do have a hot stop and we got a couple more minutes. So, so, so I've enjoyed this discussion. I've learned a lot and I think we can apply all of us. Some of the stuff we talked about today. Uh, Now you coach people as well. Um, Well, I, I, what would I say? So I'm a psychologist. So I have therapy sessions. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just through through psychology therapy, but no so personal I, coaching. No coaching. So yeah. I, if if yeah, so I I facilitate therapy. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so Rachel, in the last minute that we have, um, yeah. or two minutes, what would be some advice you'll give our audiences today okay. to to carry with them as as a torch to actually help them and light up, you know, their world? Yeah. So if I were to say it, um, I would say in a few words, just in your clothing, begin to think about if it feels vulnerable, like what's a pair of socks even that you could put on today or tomorrow that would feel somewhat like, ooh, yeah, like joyful to you. And what is a meal or some ingredients you could plan to make this week that your inner child would love and um and ask yourself are my relationships honoring me and am i them and am i taking the time to listen to myself maybe i could go on some walks with myself or do some journaling or have trusted companions who listen, who can hear me out. Um, but I think noticing what brings you alive and where your joy is, is not just lighthearted business. I think that it's life-changing and it's profound. Rachel, that's so powerful. And we're going to use that. And I think our audiences will, you know, get that, that nice nugget of, of wisdom there. So, 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 we're about to, to, to close our show. So where can we get the books? Your, okay. your, your last book and all the books. Yeah. So I have an online um, shop. And it, the easiest would be to go to rachellaws.com. And it's the last name is spelled like the beginning of awesome. It's A-W-E-S. I say that just as a memory thing, but just rachellaws.com. And once you get to my website, you can click on shop or you can click on counseling or blog or whatever. And and my social media, whatever from there. And, and Rachel, you do, you do sessions worldwide, I'm assuming via Zoom, not necessarily yeah, in a, a room. On, Online, online. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, online, and if people are local in Minnesota, then that can be in. We can be in person as well if we're healthy. Well, I, I love it. I love it so. So, okay. 
Rachel, thank you so much. And I mean, I wish we had more time, but you know, I know uh, it's it is what it is. We took what we could from you and the wisdom, and I think hopefully this will enlighten a lot of people out there. Uh, so thank you so much for being with us and and for all the the good stuff we got in, folks. Uh, thank you for being with us, watching, listening, and hopefully this show you know is bringing you a whole new uh, level of happiness and joy in your life. Uh, that being said, I'm Hurricane H. We'll be talking soon. New day, new show, new topic. Bye for now.